we have any testimonies tonight? Just asking. Okay. Yes. We had prayed for a security issue at work, and it really turned out well. Good. Even at work. How about that? That's yeah. good news. Mike, is that a new hot rod I see you out there with? Okay, uh, Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's old one, but it looks very nice. That, the diesel is that the? Uh, no, no, it's, it's, uh, V8. Oh, it's a V8. Oh, it's V8. Okay, looks great. You got rid of your Mustang then, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. We have a hand. Another. That is a good one. when you get opposite sides of the board coming together and uh, agreeing. That's always good. Amen. We have one way in the back back there. I got some information. All right. Good information. Okay. Praise the Lord. Did we have another one over here? I see one. No? Okay. Praise God. Things are going well. Okay, do you recall what we said last week on Wednesday? Anybody? Revival? Revival, all right. And there were three, three we said there were three uh, segments of revival. Anybody remember those? Okay, that's okay. Well, almost three C's, which are okay. Commitment that's uh, what it all is. And we sang a song tonight uh, Love the Lord with all your. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That's a commitment. We need to have that commitment. I guess we need to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we, being in this portion of our, our service, Father God, we're asking that your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us, Father God. Have our eyes open, Father God, to the wonderful things, Father God, that uh, each and every one of us will learn, Father God, as we... Uh, Listen, Father God, to your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um,
Commitment was a real heavy one, and then, then cleansing. Um, cleansing, let's go to, well, do a little, little uh, backup before we go forward. Um, in Psalms 51, Verse 10 uh, from the King James, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. And so that's the cleansing part. We need to, well, that takes all three parts there. And then the celebration, that you, re, you can look at Psalms 149 to 150. It talks about praising God and rejoicing. Amen with an open heart all the time so okay so with that in thought I just want to go on a little bit with revival I want to give you some different um, various definitions that people have given uh, revival throughout the ages um, this one's from uh, J.A. Packard God's quickening visitation of his people touching their hearts, and deepening his work of grace in their lives. This is the definition of, of, uh, of revival. Once again, God's quickening visitation of his people, touching their hearts and deepening his work of grace in their lives. Uh, from Robert Baird, extraordinary season of religious interest. An extraordinary season of religious interest. From uh, Stefan Olford, the sovereign act of God in which he restores his own backsliding people to repentance, faith, and obedience. Once more, a sovereign act of God in which he restores his own backsliding people to repentance, faith, and obedience. Again, this is all on um, revival. From J. Edward Orr, times of refreshing from the presence of of the Lord. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. From Robert Coleman, the awakening or quickening of God's people to their true nature and purpose. That's a good one. The awakening or quickening of God's people to their true nature and purpose. Charles Finney said, the return of the church from her backsliding and the conversion of sinners. Hmm. The return of the church from her backsliding and the conversion of sinners. Then we have from Richard Owen Roberts, an extraordinary movement of the Holy Spirit producing extraordinary results. That's again, extraordinary movement of the Holy Spirit producing extraordinary results. From Duncan Campbell, a community saturated with God. A community saturated with God. And finally, we'll end up with Earl Currens. The work of the Holy Spirit in restoring the people of God to a more vital spiritual life. Witness and work by prayer and the word after repentance in a crisis for their spiritual decline. Once again, from Earl 
the work of the Holy Spirit in restoring the people of God to a more vital spiritual life. Witness and work by prayer and the word after repentance in a crisis for their spiritual decline. Wow, that's a lot. Those are all definitions for revival. Now, is there a distinction between revival and awakening? Hmm. Okay. Renewal. We have heard renewal. Is when God touches the heart of a single individual. Renewal. When God touches the heart of a single individual. And this is where commitment comes in that we, we spoke of last week. We need to have that uh, a renewal in, our, in ourselves. Um, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. At verse 23, Ephesians 4, 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind from the Amplified, and be consist consistently renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. So we need to have this renewal. Um, let's look at a couple others. And uh, let's back up to 2 Corinthians chapter 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, pardon me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 16, For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. We need to keep feeding our, our, feeding our uh, inward man. Um, Some must feed our outward man very well. I didn't even get one amen on that. How about not too many let not too many of us let our, our physical beings become uh, we don't uh, let it become a skeleton form we you know we like a little meat on our bones you know, won't go any further than that Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says and be not conformed to this world, but, re, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Again, this is all the renewal. This is, this is where, the, as individuals, we need to take, take the commitment and run with it. We need to run this race. We shouldn't stop. This is a race that will continue for the rest of our lives until the rapture takes place or we decease to live on earth uh, breathing okay so we need to have this renewal all constant renewal this is what will keep a revival in our lives okay um, let's now turn to all the way back to the old testament and find chapter 40 of isaiah Ch isaiah chapter 40 uh, familiar scripture Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. That's the last verse of that uh, chapter. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew, shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. From the Amplified, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, 
look for and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power and they shall lift up they shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint or become tired so we need to renew our strength through the word hallelujah okay what is revival okay so um, renewal is when God touches the heart of a single individual and there's a commitment. Okay, now we're going to look at revival. Uh, revive us again. We have that song, if you revive us again. So um, this is when God touches a community of the faithful. This is revival. When God touches a community of the faithful. That means a local church, a local body. That's, that's when there's a revival. We, we, we had a revival that lasted about a month uh, during Rodney Howard Brown. We had a revival where, where all of us kept renewing ourselves in the word, getting, getting a good charge, a good, good balance in what we need to have. And... Uh, Pardon me? Was it three months? All right, three months, okay. So let's look what revival, how revival starts. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. This is revival. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive the power after that the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Drop down to verse 15. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of the names together were about 120. And if you keep on reading, we find out, uh, I believe it's, did I write it down? No, I didn't write it down, but uh, let's go to Acts 2. And 41, Acts, Acts 2 and 41. Then they gladly received his word, were baptized that same day, and were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That was revival because those that have had a training or an, a, an, a structure about God's word, they, when they heard it, it revived them. And this is what happens. They had a a group of people which had three, 3,000 people. So that was a revival. So this is what uh, uh, we see other acts of revival in um, Acts chapter 40. No, pardon me. Acts chapter 8 and verse 40. Verse 40 says, But Philip was found in Azot and passed on as he preached the good news of the gospel to all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So he hit certain towns and they received. So that was that those people received. Um, and that is an awakening. When people don't, like Ryan Hart Bonke and, and um, Terry Mize, when they go to different countries, uh, they set up a meeting, a crusade, what they call a crusade. People come. They don't know much about the Word of God. They hear it. It becomes, glory to God, an awakening. 
So we need to pray for those that are out in the field, our missionaries, that when they go out, there's an awakening to, for people. This is, a, this is a wider impact than just a few. This takes on a whole bunch. And Reinhardt has close to a million people, uh, at, or close to two million and three million people hearing the gospel. And that's an awakening. People sign up saying they got born again and they start churches. Uh, they develop local, local churches within the hamlets or the little towns there. And that's an awakening. So revival starts with an individual. Uh, pardon me. Renewal starts with an in, uh, Renewal is with the believers. And we get set on fire again. And once there's a, a fire, it catches on within our own community, faith community. And then it's called the revival. And then it's, then from that point, it goes to an awakening. Okay, and the, in the United States, we have, we've had two, two great revi uh, pardon me, awakenings. And uh, it was in the 18th and 19th century. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards. Uh, uh, this is where, uh, prior to that, everything was on mainly church doctrine, the, the, the do's and don'ts. And people say, well, you know, that's that. But then in, the, in this awakening, people found out who they were in Christ, what, what abilities they had that uh, you can call upon the name of the Lord and you could be saved. So that was, that's an awakening to a lot of people. And this happened in our country uh, um, in the 18, 1800s, uh, 1800s and, well, actually 17-something, late, late 17 and uh, early 19th century. We had uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards. Uh, he met, he marked, let me just put it this way. Let me read it up. Relationship between revival and evangelism. Revival and evangelism are different in nature, okay? Um, revival, again, is when there's a touching the faith or awakening. Um, evangelism is where someone goes out and sp speaks the word of God, the gospel, and for those that don't know anything, it's called an awakening because they're finding out something great. And for some of us, that was the greatest day ever when someone said, hey, do you know Jesus Christ? No, well, tell me about him. And, and they get, so we, had, we were awakened. And, and uh, let's see. For, uh, I say the, uh, there was an awakening. You can call it small awakening in the early 70s, 80s, when they had uh, the Jesus people. That's what uh, we were awakened to. Then, then we got a hold of it, and it became renewed. We come, as we got renewed, and then we got all on fire, and everybody started going out to... That's where they come up. Um, Andre Crouch came out there and sing, sang a lot of his songs at that time. Uh, that was a great awakening for our nation. The, the Jesus people. Well, they, that's what they call the Jesus people at that time. Okay. Revival and evangelism issue from the same source as they flow together. Because when the, the evangelist goes out, uh, he awakens people and they begin to hear the good news. It's, it's, uh, it's glorious. I mean, you know, you want, when you're hungry, you want to hear more. At least you should be wanting to hear more. Um, uh, of course, uh, with any time you have a re renewal or a revival, 
the enemy is here. And he is the first one in church and the last one out. Because uh, he, he knows you're coming and he's going to steal, try to steal that word, put buffer zones there and make, uh, uh, make you daydream. I mean, has ever daydream besides myself? I mean, and you wake up and say, what did he talk about? Or what was I saying? You know, or, you know, I wonder what's going on with the game. Oh, you caught me that time. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they're in the second quarter, third quarter, you know. We used to, as soon as the church, we get out, the doors open and people on the, I didn't know they had, you know, iPhones. You know, we had iPhones and said, who do you got there? They're telling me the scores. It's just, man, that's great. What happened? The attention, okay, there she put it. The attention went away from the gospel. What was stolen? Oh, instead of saying, you know, that was a great point that came out there. You know, that, that, that really affected me. I need to clean up that area. But no, who threw the pass or who made that basket? You know, the, you know. hey, am I hitting anybody's toes besides myself? Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, when you have the uh, the Olympics are on, <laughs> USA. You, you know. if we get involved and we don't have that same enthusiasm for the Word of God, and it's the enthusiasm that's going to get us on the other side. I'm going, to, I'm going to put it out. Enthusiasm for God's word is going to get us on the other side. It's not, you know, what was the score, or who won, because those those individuals don't know. Most of them don't know the Lord, and they might be, you know, they make a, a score and they cross the I's and dot the T's, so, supposedly, and, you know, and then they point upward. Yeah, but do they know Him? something else. Okay. Revival always produces evangelism. When there is someone out there, when you're, you're hot for the Lord, you are wanting to go. This is where the event. You're, you're, you're wanting to go out there and do you know Lord Jesus Christ? He loves you. That's what revival, when you have revival within us, we go out and evangelize. Soul win. Oops. Somebody said it's a Saturday. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm too busy. <sighs> well, okay. Too busy. Glad the Lord doesn't say I'm too busy. I'm too busy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We all get... Our, Toes stepped on. Evangelism, when we have revival, evangelism starts because we have, we become disciples of the Lord. How dedicated are you to the Lord? How dedicated are we to, I'll put it, how dedicated are we to the Lord? Oh, 
I come, every time the church doors are open, except hello. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a good soul winner. Doors get slammed in my face and I get tongue-tied. and That don't make any difference. Lord said, go out. And what did he tell Moses? I'll put words in your mouth. He told Jeremiah, I'll put, wor I'll put words in your mouth. And if we don't go out, the words don't go out. Oh, boy. Okay, this is Jonathan Edwards, who, who was the early eight, uh, 17th, late 1700s, 1800s, uh, and early 1800s, said this. There are distinguishing marks of the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And these are some cautions. Just because it's new and different doesn't mean it's wrong. Okay? You just have to look, at, look into the Word, you know. Okay. We can't judge true revival by the effects on men's bodies. Because some people, you know, we go out and we're saying we need to lay hands on sick and so forth and nothing's happening. Well, hey, doesn't mean they're not being saved. It's the spiritual, it's the spiritual man that we're after first. Of course, the dinner bell is... Uh, the body's being saved or being regenerated, being, you know, brought into newness. Uh, we can't assume that the work was not from God just because uh, the means, certain means were utilized. Yeah. There's different ways of approaching people. Uh, like we have a survey, other people can go up there and just calmly just, just share. I mean, there's different ways. Don't put anybody down for going out and, and doing. I'm not saying trying. I'm saying doing what they were called to do. You know, we need to just go out and do it. And we can't assume that it's not a work of God because some people backslide. Uh, you know, some people get saved. Remember, that we're talking about the, the, the different heart attitudes. You're going out there and you spread the seed out. You're giving the seed and it falls on that hard ground. At least you put it out there. And then, of course, the birds get it and then, then the thorns. Just like I said, you're sitting in church. We get out there. We start talking about something else. The cares of the world all of a sudden nibble or swallow up the gospel. Oh, wow. You know, it's been that way. Now let's look at characteristics of a, a revival. Okay. It raises the esteem of Jesus. Jesus is raised up. He says, if I be lifted up, all men... All men. So we need to lift up Jesus. Amen. You know. 
Unfortunately, the cults are out there and they're doing a better job than we are. They may knock on the door, they may have a, a shirt and tie and a briefcase, and they've got a, a line that'll catch you and start, and pretty soon they want to reel you in. We got to come with, with the love of Jesus. We need to esteem Jesus. Tell him what he did. He loves you. He died for you. He took, he took your sin upon himself that you might be set free. Character, another characteristic of revival is Satan kingdom suffers when there's genuine repentance. When there's someone that truly comes to know, to know the Lord, there's genuine repentance. You lead them to the Lord. You tell them, you've got to forsake your sin. This is where a lot of us are, are, have missed things. We lead, lead people to the Lord, but we don't say, you know, you got to, true repentance is turning around from sin. And they got to know that. Amen. Otherwise, they get become, quote, born again, but they're doing the same old thing. And it's for nothing. Because they're not gaining a true relationship with Jesus. Okay. Men and women will have a greater response to Scripture when there's revival. When you hear God's word, when there's revival within us, when, when, when you hear the word, you're excited. You say, well, I've heard that a hundred times. We'll hear it a hundred and one. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. How many times? How many times did it take for you to receive the Lord? How many times did, it, did someone come to you and talk about the Lord and how many times you refused him? Refused them? Anybody give me a... I know at least it had been five or ten times for me before I, I... At least a minimum five or ten times people come to me you know, I don't want to do that. It's, you know, that's a little, you know... It's a little hokey, and you know, those people raise their hands, and you know, uh, you know, where I was raised, the church that I go to, they didn't raise their hands, and you know, and I go to church, and I know you go to church, and you know, I don't need to do that. You, you got the born again experience? Uh, I never heard of it. Uh, you know, um, I'm doing well. I'm a good little boy. Hey. Who said you weren't good? But good is not enough. So let's be honest. How many how many at least had five people or you know five invitations you never one of us, two of us? And you and you never accepted. 
Okay. How many accepted the first time around? Okay. You're lucky if you, if you can get that happen here, the good news of the gospel. I'll, I'll receive it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's a response. Because when you hear the word now, you want to do it. Bite your lip, right? Says you, you're not, I'm not supposed to do that anymore. <laughs> Say, grin and bear it. <laughs> but Lord, it's only a little thing. He says, it's all or nothing. When he asks you to come into his heart, you ask him to come into your, his heart. It's all or nothing. He didn't say, I'll come into your heart 99%. You can keep that one little... No, it's 100%. And once we learn that, that's when we renew our mind to what God's Word tells us to do. And there's changes. There's always, always going to be some changes in our lives. I mean, the way you speak, the way we act, or always, there should be some changes every day if we are operating with God. That's renewal. That's re reminding. That is... What we said it was what? First thing was what? Now the three C's. Commitment. We need to have the commitment to God. He made a full commitment to us. He said, I'm going to give you my all for all of which you are. He made a covenant. He's not going to break that covenant. Man, I hate to say it, but we've broken the covenant more times than, you know, I promise this, I promise that. And we made promises to God and had it fall. You know, the word says, don't say you're going to do something and not fulfill it because you are in the wrong And that's Jesus telling us. So don't make, you know, don't say one thing and then turn your back on him. He says, if, if, you, if you do that, he says, there's going to be a time when the Father's going to ask me how, I, uh, how you are, and he's going to say, well, they weren't fully committed. Do we allow sin up in heaven, son? No, they're not committed. I don't think we can have them here. Oh, I just, it's just a little white lie. All, all liars go to hell. I'm not going to ask who told the fib today. Did you clear it up? Okay. Okay, uh, characteristic, another characteristic of revival. Men, men and women will see more clearly spiritual truth and error. So as we are getting into God's Word, as that revival starts, as we read the Word, 
we're finding out things that we need to clean up. There's that, that cleansing, okay? We got the commitment and the cleansing, and they go hand in hand. Because with the commitment, that means cleansing starts to, starts to take place. We need to have it. Um, hidden truths, hidden errors, okay? Lord, open our eyes. Number five, there will be a new sense of love towards God and others. We will have a copy love. Oh, this is a rough one. You know, a lot of people hold on to grudges for a lifetime. Anybody know that holds on, has held on to a grudge? Or have you ever held on to a grudge? That lasted more than a day or two? Hold on to a grudge? Now I, I remember my dad saying he, he was mad at a guy that was, you know, he held on to a grudge. I, I, I'm hoping he, he let go of it, but he held, it was 30, 40 years back in his youth that something happened, and he says, I don't like that guy. You know, that's, that's holding on grudges. And if we don't, what did Jesus say? If you don't forgive your brother, how can God, Father, forgive us? So, you know, even the smallest things, oftentimes, uh, like I said, this rene the renewal, our renewal, some things, I don't know about you, I'm speaking for myself, I'm thinking, you know, out of the sky, blue, something hit me. Oh, man. Do I really mean that? Did I really mean that, Lord? Haven't I forgiven that person? Lord, please forgive me for holding, holding on to this grudge, thinking about this person in, in a wrongful way. I mean, this goes back to my high school days. Even grammar school. Because I was a little bit different than most of the kids, so they kind of picked on me and And I held on to grudges. And sometimes, right out of the blue, something come up. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> Gotta let it go. But Lord, you know how hard it, it hurt. But he says, he's wanting to get those things out that's deep in there. Some of the, some of the stuff you don't recognize is deep. We need to pull it out. We need to operate in love. Jesus forgave our all all our sins. He didn't hold on to one of them and say, you're not going to make it because I remember this. He doesn't remember it. And we can't remember others. So I don't know if, if, you, if you've ever had flashbacks like that. And this is just on my account. I said they're, they're on, on area of forgiveness because that's one of the that's one of the big one, big ones in, in the word. If if you don't forgive, your father is not going to forgive. I'm glad the Holy Spirit is popping these things up in my mind. Oh, good gravy! I thought I had a, a clean clean slate, and all of a sudden, it's bing. 
Hello, anybody else out there? So we need to have agape love operating. It even, <laughs> it even goes for today's individuals. Okay, now there are some additional characteristics of revival. Uh, there is opposition. There's opposition to revival. No, we can't. We don't do it that way. You're not going to do it that way. Uh, you can't go to that church. Uh, those people are nuts. Uh, that's opposition. Uh, there's recoil from the family or, or other individuals if you change, you know. <laughs> Some of you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, sometimes there are excesses that... Uh, well, I don't mind if you go and say you're saved, but uh, you don't have to go that far. You don't have to be one of those kooks, one of those Jesus freaks. Hello. So there's opposition. There's, there's, there's excesses. Um, there's varieties. But what I mean by that is the, the individuals that uh, we come in contact with, some are going to accept what you are doing or, or not doing. Others are going to be a little bit against it, especially if it's a family member. You can't do that. You, um, you know, there, there's certain degrees or what's going to take place when you step out when, when revival hits you. People aren't going to want to be around you. You're different. I don't want to be around you. You're no, you're no fun anymore. All you want to do is, you know, go to church. You want to... And... Uh, and you try to fit in with, with your old friends and try to do some of the things and, that they're doing and you feel a little awkward, but they make you really awkward. You know, they, you know, sure, you don't want to come to the party? I don't think I'd come to the party this time. I've got other thing. You know, the church is doing something. Oh, okay. Pretty soon you're not asked to go to those parties anymore. I don't know why they call them parties. Nothing was good about them. <laughs> parties when you have a good time and not, you know. Well, we won't go there. What conditions or what precedes a revival? Uh, Jonathan Edwards says, a faithful narrative of surprising work of God. Charles Finney says, revival lectures. A revival is not a miracle, not dependent on a miracle or in any case. It is purely uh, physiological result of the right use of the uh, constituent means as much as any other effect produced by the application of means. In other words, 
it's not just a miracle. It, it's something that, that uh, you can't put it in words. When people ask you what's going on, you can't really put in words. You've got something new with it inside you, and when you try to express it to them, they don't receive it. They can't because the things of the world are not received. Those in the world can't receive the things of the, of the Spirit. And when you start, start to speak of revival, people are saying, you're touched. Don't go around Whitney. She's a little touched. She talks to those people on lunch hour. I know her. She even goes out there and gives them bottle of words. That type of stuff. You know, people say, hey, you, you know, it could be contagious. <laughs> There's always a balance. In revival. Matthew Henry says, When God intends great mercies for his people, the first thing he does is to set them praying. So in revival, our prayer, our level of prayer should increase. Well, in revival, our level of prayer should increase. Is your prayer life increased? It shouldn't decrease, but it should increase. Because revival means we are stepping out, reaching for the lost. That means you're praying for someone to come to know the Lord. There should be an increase in our prayer life. Uh-oh, it knocks on my door heavy. What does revival look like? What does revival look like? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 6. Maybe let's give this up. Isaiah chapter 6. Okay, what does revival look like? Let's begin with verse 1. Isaiah 6, 1 from the Amplified. In the year that King, Zia, King Uzziah died in a vision, I saw the Lord sitting on a, uh, upon a throne high and lifted up, and the skirts of his train filled the, filled the most holy parts of the temple. And above him stood a seraphim, each having six wings, and, and two each covered his own face, and two each covered his feet, and two each flew. Verse 3, And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the, at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am done and ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim's heavenly beings to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs, taken with tongs from off the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. 
your iniquity and guilt are taken away and your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Whom shall go for us? Then I said, Here am I, but send others. Oh, wow. Well, when revival sets in, what does it look like? Here am I, send me. It sounds like everything is, is done for us. Behold, he has touched your lips and your iniquity and guilt are taken away and your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. And I, ha- and I heard the voice, the voice of the Lord. Whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? Then said I, Hear my send me. And he said, Go and tell his people. Hear and hear continually, but understand not. See and see continually, but they do not uh, apprehend with your mind. So you're going out to people that don't understand sometimes. But we're supposed to go out. Whoa. With the church falling, uh, with the church falling away as it is now, uh, the Lord is... If in some of the parables he talked about, he says, bring those that are invited to the feast. And those that are invited to the feast, they say, ah, they don't want to come. Uh, they've got better things to do, Lord. And what did the Lord say? Go out into the highways and byways, bring in those that will hear. It's up to us to go out and to those that will hear. Well, maybe not hear, but at least that are open to it. You may say, oh, when you go soul winning, we only get one soul saved. Hey, that's one more than there was last week or 10 minutes ago. There's, there's more rejoicing in heaven because one soul saved. Me, we need to get on fire. Oh, me. We need our flesh, a fresh touch from God. And we need to see God as he really is. High and sitting high on a throne. Wanting us to go out and do the job that he's called us to do. We have a mission. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? We need to have a, have a joyful response. What delays of revival? 
Second Chronicles. What delays a revival? Second Corinthians. Chronicles, pardon me, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter seven. This is what delays a revival. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. So it's how we should prepare is to pray. Psalms 139, and we will close with this one. Psalms 139. Oh, glory to God. In Psalms 139. Are you wanting revival in your in your midst? Do we dare ask for a revival? Because it said, who shall I send? Well, maybe we should do this one first. Psalms 139, you found it? We're going to look at the very last two verses. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Let me read that from the Amplified. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there any, is there any wicked or hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That's the dare of revival. Dare you say that to the Lord? Search me, O God, know my heart. If there needs to be some thoughts there, or cleansing, we need to get it, get it taken care of. Those are thoughts on revival. Um, we have to be. We have to be not Christians. I heard an interesting. Thing, sermon. Today, Christians have bad names. A bad name. People look at Christians as, as uh, two-faced. Um, awkward, backward, hypocritical. That's what a Christian is thought of. Jesus said, if you would be my disciples, we need to show love. And, and as, as Christians, don't show love. Disciples show love.
because the disciple is one who follows after the master. Today, the word Christian, you, people label, label Christian, don't even go to church. You know, they were maybe baptized in church or went to church as a child, and they call themselves a Christian. But a disciple is one who follows through on the master. We need to be disciples, disciples of Christ. Become one with him. I'm the branch and you're the vine. I'm the vine, you're the branches, I should say. The original branches were broken off. And we've been engrafted in. But if you can engraft the graft the branches in and he broke off the original branches even the engrafted branches can be removed we need to wake up not think hey we, we got it made we don't have it made it says we need to have ourselves cleansed at all times amen okay anybody need prayer at this time Okay, let's all stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Pardon me? Oh, we have a note. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we talked about Revival again. Um, and Saturday is an opportunity to see how you're going to do. If I've got something lined up, well, I will say this. Swear to your hurt. But what comes first? What comes first? What is your focus in life? If you're a Christian or quote a disciple, you put the things of God first. So you know. All right. Um, I get off get off that. Fire away. I'll let you know.
desires for us. You know, I think of where it talks about and, and the prophet went and he said, Woe is me when that coal was taken off the off the fire and put on his lips. He said, I am a man of unclean lips. You might want to turn that over. It's Isaiah 6. Maybe it was. Okay, one more time. Isaiah chapter 6, looking at verses, well, oops. Verse 5, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of a people that is of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. Okay, from the Amplified. In the year that King Uzziah died in a vision, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the skirts of his train filled the most holy part of the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two each covered his own face, and two each covered his feet, and two each flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the foundations and the thresholds shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, I am undone with a, undone and ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim's heavenly beings to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this is touch your lips. Your iniquity and your guilt are taken away, and your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. Also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Notice. He took the coal and touched his lips. The words of your mouth will make you or break you. We need to watch what, we, what is coming out of our, our mouth. Okay. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for stirring, Father God, once again, the revival spirit within us. We're asking, Father God, that we lay hold of it, Father God. And just as Isaiah spoke, Father God, uh, woe is we, we, Father God. We are needing, Father God, to come alive once again, Father God, to have that burning desire, Father God, for the things of God, Father God, to 
Put aside, Father God, the worldly characters, Father God. Now, Lord, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that uh, your Holy Spirit will work with us on this area in our lives, Father God, that we become more like Jesus. And Father God, as we go our separate ways, we thank you, Lord, that we are the blessed, Father God, and Father God, for those that give offerings, Father God, we're thanking, Lord, that it comes back to them, pressed down, running together. Running over, Father God, shall men give into their bosoms, Father God. And Father, we praise you, we just give you thanks, Lord, that you establish what you establish, Father God, in our hearts, Father God, cannot and will not be taken away as we Guard it, Father God, with all our might. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.